Hello. I don't know about you, but when I'm in deep sorrow, I just want it to end. Separation, divorce, and widowhood are all tremendous sorrows that so many of us have experienced. But did you know that there's actually something we can do to interrupt our suffering and change the orientation of our hearts, increasing our trust in God? It's singing. Our guest today knows a great deal about the trials in this life, and I think you'll find a lot of encouragement from her story and her example of singing Christ's hope through suffering. Hello and welcome to Christ-Dependent Single Motherhood. Are you feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and longing for a safe community of believers? Do you sit up at night Googling how to work and homeschool at the same time, or Bible verses on anxiety? Do you wish for a Titus II older woman to help you navigate this lonely parenting path? I'm Sarah, a veteran homeschooling mom, daughter of Christ, and no stranger to broken marriage. I know the heavy burden of shouldering a family alone. I only wanted to raise my children to love Jesus Christ, but I watched as my family crumbled in front of me. I didn't know who I could trust, but God provided the healing and discipleship I needed through mentors who spent years faithfully applying His Word to my heart like ointment to wounds. My desire is to use this podcast to share what I've learned, what I'm still learning. My prayer is that you'll be pointed to Christ, learn to forgive, find freedom from fear, and learn that we have a God who can be trusted. Make sure your earbuds are charged and grab your Bible. Let's walk this path together. Hello, sisters. I am so glad you're here with us this week. We have a very special guest. Her name is Lori Hogel. She has a PhD in music education, and she teaches at Oakland University in Michigan. Uh, She has a nonprofit called Singing Christ's Hope, and you can find her at lorihogel.com. I am going to put a link in the show notes, but Lori, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm just so thrilled that we connected and met. It's yes, I am too. So why don't you start out by telling our listeners a little bit about your story and how God really brought into focus for you, the importance of singing to him through your suffering. Absolutely. You know, um, I've shared this story a lot over the last 23 years, but Um, just a kind of a spoiler alert, (laughs) God's recently opened a new hard chapter in my story. So it's actually changed. And I've not really told the story except for here. 
um, in that way. But, but just briefly, um, when I was 13, my family started going to church (laughs) and, um, being a budding musician who loved to sing and play the piano. I, I ended up singing with the adult choir because that's what they had. And a few years later, I got to go to a teen church choir retreat where I heard the gospel for the first time and under the stars, as we sang and worshiped the Lord, I realized the depth of my sin. And then I needed Jesus and he saved me. He rescued me in the repentance and belief that he gave me right then. And yes, there was singing involved even in that moment. He knows my frame, (laughs) but um, I came home changed, completely transformed. Uh, I was devouring his words. I wanted to read the Bible for hours. I I wanted to hear him. And so a journey of his sanctifying love began and I was 15. But if you fast forward nine years, um, my life story deepened through his love gift of, of suffering. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about it. I was, I was 25 married. I was a mommy for the first time and, um, my life overflowed. I was loving my baby and my husband, and I was working as a professional music teacher and church musician, um, and music director. But two weeks later, the pain started and I started to drop things. And when I dropped my baby, that was when we started to head to the doctor. Mm. I was so tired. It was like I had the flu all the time, uh, which was very unusual for me. <laughs> and um, the doctors started to run tests, of course, and they they ran multitudes of tests and there was no diagnosis. And so I started to get labeled as a hypochondriac. And oh. this is not unusual for a lot of women who go through uh, weird illnesses. And they, they started to say, I'm just depressed, you know, that that's just causing everything in my body. So I was in and out of the hospital trying lots of treatments, still undiagnosed for two years. I was raising our daughter from the couch and the floor laying down. Wow. Um, I had to. And so finally a doctor prescribed steroids that helped a little bit, which was awesome. And baby twin girls arrived two years later by God's amazing grace. And I was again, able to teach choirs and sing and play the organ and the piano at church. And I stayed home with our daughters to raise them. Um, One of the hard things about that whole time though, was my husband, his job was really intense. And so he had a lot of business travel and he worked a lot of weekends and evenings. So I was kind of on my own physically a lot with our little Mm -hmm. one. And about a year after our twins were born, um, three little girls, two-year-old and baby twins, um, my symptoms started to expand into violent headaches that never went away and trouble standing up. Um, I passed out a lot, uh, fuzzy mind all the time. And at one point I was on 29 medications a day that did not help. our life literally became emergency to emergency, ambulances, hospitals, rescue attempts. Um, I remember one time my husband had to fly home from Germany because it was a disaster, um, an emergency being putting me in the hospital. They still did not know what was causing it all. So it became an overwhelming thing, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. Um, we were in desperate need and Um, I was really battling after five, six years of this for hope. Um, The doctors gave no hope. And I was trying to care for our three little girls and love my husband and keep 
sustaining life. Um, and I, I tell you, when I remember those years, I remember a lot of chaos, a lot mm. of tears. A lot of tears. Um, reading my prayer journals recently has been really hard because they went from pages and paragraphs and, and writing scripture out to literally almost illegible, help me God. Oh. I, I love you, Lord, help me God. You, I could see it in my writing, but God, <laughs> um, here's what happened. Baltimore recruited my husband for a job, which is near my family. That's where, near where I grew up. And his work friend immediately connected us with Johns Hopkins Hospital, world famous, right? Our girls were entering elementary school at this point and multiple organ systems were beginning to dysfunction. And of course it had become quite serious. Um, I was completely bedridden. Our beautiful church there literally kept us fed with meal trains for over two years. Wow. Um, they came to my house, they cleaned the house. <laughs> they did our laundry. I, my, my women's group, I, oh, how I praise God for them. We walked in grief with, with continual loss. And, and I walked in grief with loss of every dream I'd ever had, you know, wifing, and mothering and mm -hmm. musical sharing, um, everything that had been my identity. And I am, I, you know, I wanting a planner and an organizer. And, and, and I like to, to um, be in control, like we all do of everything that's happening. Of course, that was completely gone. Um, this serious, still undiagnosed illness produced a lot of dependence on him um, for every moment. So what I was doing was constantly running to his word in agony. And, um, oh, our Lord is so patient. He gently and lovingly and um, profoundly taught me who he is in his word and how deeply he loved me, even as I was wrestling with the very typical questions of why and um, why now <laughs> with our children and, and fix this and help me. And, and at this point, um, eternal life through Jesus Christ was my only comfort and hope. That's, that's where we were heading. Um, but there was one day that he urged through his word in James 5, uh, 14, call for the elders of the church, let them pray. And we of course had had <laughs> thousands and thousands of people praying and um, over all those years, and I'd been to you know healing services and all these things, but this time it was nearly eight years after the symptoms began, just a, a month, shy of that, they gathered around my wheelchair and they called upon God's mercy. I remember it was like over an hour, mm -hmm. all the elders of our church. Mm -hmm. um, this time, just three days later, um, I contracted tonsillitis out of nowhere with 105 degree fever. And so my husband had a neighbor checking on me. She found me, went to the hospital. They, they hospitalized me and treated me for five days. And dragging home after that, I, um, by then we had home internet, <laughs> it was invented. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had emails from like listserv medical support groups for people who were sick. Um, this was 1999. And um, when I first got sick, none of that existed, but, but I really like, liked these groups. Um, I was really tired, you know, and exhausted. And it, by then too, I was losing eyesight quite often. So I knew I may not you know, I may go blind. So I, I deleted most of them, but there was this one woman's email. It had a subject of tonsils 
in it in the subject line. And so it caught my eye because I just had tonsillitis and I thought, oh, could that be a clue? Um, well, she was sharing her daughter's healing story of brain surgery on what a place in the body called our cerebellar tonsils. It's, it's the brainstem and her symptoms, her daughter's symptoms mirrored mine. And then as I kept reading, I went, oh Lord, you are kidding me. Where was her surgery? It was at Johns Hopkins. <sighs> and so I called my internist, my wonderful doctor at Johns Hopkins, who didn't know what to do. And he rushed my MRI scans that had all been read normal for years to that same surgeon. And he looked at them and he said, yeah, she has it too. I can help her. Wow. So God's answer of yes came after almost eight years that week. Wow. As the elders gathered and as, as he spoke to us, you know, through his word. So by his grace, brain surgery enabled me to function again, you know, as mommy and wife and musician and teacher. So I, I can just say to everyone, yes, God does still heal. And um, you can, we can trust our faithful God. He's weaving our narrative of suffering into something exquisite because exquisite gold, he says, <laughs> gold. But here's the most amazing thing. He, our sovereign reigning ruling God was truly over all of it as, as I was waiting and waiting for healing. But in in those years of exponential suffering, I actually learned about his sovereignty. It became a great comfort. He comforted me as he started to teach me about being my good and loving and wise sovereign father. Um, for Isaiah 46.10 says that he declares the end from the beginning, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. And he had some purposes that, that he so great allowed us to see. Um, by his providence, this story has been shared with a lot of people and they see, they see, even unbelievers see that my diagnosis and surgery required us to move to Baltimore for my husband's work. Mm. And the invention of home internet and the connection to Johns Hopkins by that board member and the support of our Maryland church friends and our family and, 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 and all of those people also that held me up with, with scripture and emotional support but what happened, I don't know how it happened, <laughs> but the media caught wind of it. And um, I started getting calls for interviews and I was on Dateline. They came to our house, they filmed, you know, Sarah Janes and PBS Health Week and, and a whole bunch of print media feature articles, including this huge two page color spread in the Baltimore Sun. So even before there was a thing of the internet, it went viral and, <laughs> And what happened was the year after I got well, after the Lord healed me with this surgery, I was, I was rehabbing, but, but all of these thousands of people started to contact me um, because they were desperate too. And now thousands of people have been healed too. They, they didn't know that their complex surge symptoms required surgery. Mm -hmm. um, and, oh, wow. Some have come to the Lord as a result. Um, his answer all through that time was always, always wait, trust me, draw near to me during this horrible time. I have a better plan. My plans are perfect. And I know what is best. And I know you deeply, my daughter, my love is abiding and perfect. I am your loving and sovereign and faithful and good father. And I think that's probably the most healing truth of this story. I did not understand, but he had purpose. 
good purpose, not only for me, but for other people. So, um, well, that's, that's the one I'm clinging to now because my story has a new chapter. Um, it, it's been 23 years since then. And, um, our girls are now married to men who love Jesus and love them. We have five grand darlings. Um, I've had the joy of being relatively well and working again, you know, uh, teaching music and, and helping six pe sick people as a music therapist. And I've served our churches as a musician. Um, and for the last four years, yes, I've taught university students who want to be music teachers. And yes, I wrote a big old dissertation. I mean, my life has been really full of loving the Lord and loving other people. Um, but um, exactly a year ago this week, actually, <laughs> they discovered because I was having symptoms again, that my brainstem has now herniated three times longer out of my skull. Wow. Um, so, and this time, uh, surgery is not in the plan, and it may not be ever. <laughs> I don't know. But um, so, I, I'm now living with something that they are saying is incurable um, in this new chapter again. So, I mean, they know what's wrong and, um, but they, I don't know, we'll see, you know, to be determined by our Lord and his, in his providence and in his yeah. good sovereign plan. So I, I am, um, I mean, so many hymns go through my mind all the time, like on Christ, the solid rock, I stand all other ground is sinking sand. Um, he is indeed my hope and stay and my firm foundation. And in Christ alone, my hope is found. And so knowing the gospel, singing the gospel has become very special and very important right now in this very moment. Um, so by his great grace, I am continually in his word and in prayer in need yes. um, and in song as I battle through the symptoms with various treatments we're trying I thank God for new doctors who are helping me. Um, but I, I am interrupting my suffering by, by clinging to the truths of his word and to Jesus mm. again. <laughs> so it's in his hands. Yes. I love, I love that phrase, interrupting my suffering by clinging to the Lord. Um, you know, when we became connected, you, I was really drawn to you because what I have found is that um, in my Christian life, even if not everyone can identify directly with my experience of broken marriage and the suffering that's involved with that, yes. what I found is that other believers who have learned to suffer to the glory of God, trusting in him, are people who have encouraged me the most. Mm -hmm. And that's why I really wanted to have our listeners hear your story and hear the things he's taught you. Um, I know that one of the things that has been most meaningful to me are singing hymns Yes, and making a choice, even when I don't feel like it, to direct my heart to the truth of God through music. Yes. Now I I'm not talented in the way that you are, but I think that all of our sisters who are listening can benefit from the message that you have. And I wonder if you could just go over with our listeners, some of the passages, some of the verses in the Bible that talk about 
what does God have to say about music and singing? Absolutely. Well, I'll start with, I guess, when he really shared with me that this is, this is important. First of all, I, you know, originally it was just, this is important and this would be helpful. Uh, um, there was a particular day early in my illness, I guess I was around 26 maybe. And our, our oldest was toddling, you know, and I couldn't keep up with her. And I was so stressed out about how to keep her safe. And I was upset and I was so scared. And I read Tom, Psalm 28, seven, which says the Lord is my strength and my shield in him, my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts. And with my song, I give thanks to him. Yeah. And it, you know how the Holy Spirit will illuminate scripture to our hearts. Well, yes. that was like, it, it, it seemed like it was the Lord was teaching me how to endure each day, you know, mm. um, weekly singing to him. And it was very weak. Believe me, I, 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 I could hardly open my mouth. Um, but I, I actually now call it praise interruptions. It, it is interrupting my suffering by singing praise to God. Mm. Um, it, it actually fostered my trust in God. Um, because what happened was um, my thoughts began to fill with the hymns and the songs that richly echoed scripture and often sang scripture itself. And, and so um, one, of, one of the things before I get into specific scriptures he teaches us with is, um, I, I don't know if any of your listeners have, have felt this way, but I know for me, even when I'm just stressed out, um, uh, or anxious or frustrated, there are days, and, and I had physical disasters that, where I could not read, but, but there were days I could not read easily. And there still are, even when I'm just dealing with a lot. Um, and we didn't have audio Bible apps back then. So we sang scripture, but, and, and, you know, we, we do this as mothers, right? We want, we want to teach our children scripture memory. Um, and so we sing like back in the day, it was, we sing Bible memory songs and Steve Green's hide them in your heart songs. And, you know, so many of the children's songs have simple yet very profound truth. Um, my God is so great, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Right. And behold, what manner of love the father has given unto us. And so singing, singing scripture, while I was quote, teaching my daughters, the songs, you know, it was like this cyclical love gift from God to me, to my kids, back to him, to my heart, you know, and that's amazing. Um, and they're actually doing that now. I, we need his word hidden in our hearts. So so I think based on uh, what his word says, we have to sing. <laughs> our, our kids need to sing too, by the way, um, because sometimes the words don't cut through. You know, uh, even now, even this year, the fatigue and the dizziness and the pain have become too much. And I can't even focus on audio Bible. I can't focus on words. I need the music. There is some unique stuff about music, which I'll share in a minute, but um, it gets to our heart and our emotions and our thoughts. Um, in my case through like labor pain levels of pain. So mm. um, yeah, I, it, it's modeled for us too. And, and I need to say that too. I, um, the Psalms of lament mm. model this. Um, there's only one, it's Psalm 88, that does not turn around to praise. All of the others turn around to praise. They use like turnaround words all of this hard stuff is happening. Oh Lord, I'm, I'm pouring out my soul to you and telling you all of these hard things are happening. I'm suffering, but I will praise you because, or yet, or I will, or therefore, um, they turn around and I, I'm seeing for me that they turn around from myself 
you know, my pain, my stress, my sadness, my grief, my anxiety, my sin of thinking I know better than God, they turn toward him. Um, and before I talk about the scriptures, I, I, I do want to say, though, just word of caution, I guess, <laughs> um, the songs have to echo scripture. And a lot of worship songs these days do not. Right. They are filled. We have to be very careful. They, they are filled with half-truths or they're very man-centered rather than gospel-centered or cross-centered. They're, they're not about what Christ has already done for us and who we are in Christ that way, but, but about what we want God to do. So um, we, need, we need to feed our thoughts, I think, with, with lyrics that echo scripture and our hope in Christ, um, songs that exalt Christ. Right. Uh, that then becomes, I think, an unusually effective Ephesians 6 spiritual battle tool in, in the suffering um, because we're, we're singing the sword of the spirit. It's, it's offensive. Um, they are filling our minds and hearts with truth to battle the enemy's lies, which are simply evil. They're lies from the accuser and they happen when we suffer trials. I'm sure we all know that. Um, so the battle is strong and it is real. And so singing is, is particularly special and important. Um, we're battling against our remaining sin nature and the half truths. And there's a lot of false teaching that's rampant in our culture and a lot of churches right now yeah. about yeah. the topic of suffering. Um, so we need to remember that, that we are crucified with Christ and it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. So we need to sing gospel centered truths of what Jesus has done for us and is doing um, right now because we're unified with him and we are being conformed more into his image in this very suffering. Um, I tend to, to, to find, look for and try to sing um, songs about God's unchanging character uh, praise him for who he is, as revealed in his word. Um, praise my Lord for the gospel, you know, justification, what he has done, sanctification, what he is doing, um, and glorification, our assured hope. I, I need to praise him for the already and not yet in the battle. So I think the content matters specifically. Right. Um, he says a lot about music and singing. I'm I'm just starting to research because I'd like to write a book, God willing, if he provides the ability about all of this, but there are over 600 scriptures about music <laughs> and many of them are specifically about singing. Um, the Lord tells us to sing, it, it, it's obedience. It, it, and he does not say, just listen, um, that's cultural. <laughs> um, so for example, I mean, I'll read some. Colossians 3.16 says, the, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Oh, yeah. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Or um, Ephesians 5.18 and 19, be filled with the spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big key thing here. I mean, he's created our voices to sing to him, to him. Um, even if it's what Psalm 95 say, it says, I, I love this. He says, make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise to the rock of our salvation. It's okay. It's not just in corporate worship. In other words, it's, it's for his ears alone, you know, to him. It's, it's in personal worship and, 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 I call it praise singing. 
like like first chronicles 16 9 says sing to him sing praises to him and then psalm 104 uh in verse 33 re-emphasizes that as long as i live <laughs> that means every single hard day <laughs> um so i i just want to say and this is what concerns me as a music educator and a church music person too in this biblical context singing is not performing it's not performing for an audience that's, that's you know judging the quality of our singing or anything like that. I, I'm concerned about our Western culture that has really messed this up. And I say this even as a music teacher, what have we done? Um, so in this way, singing is, is just, it's human and, and it, it's, it's prayer. Um, so I think I've, I've been researching this a little bit, but and studying and I have a lot more to do, but he does share with us some important reasons in scripture about why. Um, and here's just a few of them. Um, Psalm 13, six says it's because he has dealt bountifully with me and he has with all of us in Christ mm -hmm. Jesus mm -hmm. every day. That does not change no matter what our circumstances are. Um, Psalm 92, one says it is good. And that word good there means it's useful. It is good to sing praises to your name, almost high. Mm -hmm. In other words, to his character, sing of his character and to him, to the whole of his essence. Um, one Psalm 147, one um, says not only praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God, but it says it is for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. Of course, he's worthy. Right. Our, our scripture is filled with doxology. It's filled with songs, words we can sing. Uh, we don't know their melodies. I can't wait to find out, but <laughs> it's an eternal activity. You know, read, read the doxologies in Revelation four and five. So it's fearing the Lord with reverence and humility and awe, and it's glorifying God and enjoying him forever. Yes. He um, says in, in Psalm 43, that he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise from him, from his spirit within us. And it's teaching, it's, it's re, it's, he says, and uh, to continue in Psalm 43, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. It's contagious. So it's singing as trust, rejoicing in the Lord, always giving thanks in all circumstances. And it's modeled for us. If you think about Paul and Silas in Acts 16, if you think about Jesus who sang with his disciples in the garden, um, Isaiah 54, one says, sing, O barren one who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. It's his commandment. Like every other activity he desires for us, it's good, like everything he instructs us to do. So yes. it turns our eyes to God and away from self. Yes. Well, Lori, I am so excited about this conversation and yeah. I am excited to continue it, but um, thank you so much for being here and talking to us about this idea of interrupting our suffering through singing to the Lord. And I just also love the idea that this is not optional. No, this is not something that it's nice to do. Um, but it's something that God clearly says in scripture, that it's his will for us to yes. sing to him and offer these sacrifices of praise, even in the middle of pain. Exactly. So Lori, I look forward to continuing our conversation. And once again, 
Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. If you've been uplifted in any way by this podcast, it would mean so much if you'd not only subscribe, but leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for a community of like-minded, believing women on the same path as you, consider joining our Facebook group. A link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, we have a God who can be trusted.